A deal has been struck with Iran. The United States led the way along with five of our super nation allies. Republicans are saying they hate it, although they haven't read it yet. And some Democrats are worried as well. Polls show the majority of Americans don't trust Iran. And, of course, many, like Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, are concerned about the verification process. Let me tell you about this landmark deal that was reached on the Iran nuclear program. We'll hear some audio from some very famous people involved in this, and then we'll also get your take, because you're the most famous to me. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 to call. Tweet, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. There were talks that spanned 20 months, and the negotiators finally reached that landmark deal. And what they want to do is rein in Iran's nuclear program. The agreement is a focal point of the foreign policy of this president and this administration. It would set to reshape going forward relations between Iran and the West, not just the United States. This type of reshaping and this deal, the effects will ripple across the Middle East, which is quite volatile. Representatives of Iran, the United States, and the other nations involved held a final meeting today in Vienna. And the president praised that deal reached this morning. We'll hear from him on that. We also have others that have praised the deal that make some people uncomfortable. Of course, Iran themselves with their leader, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani, who spoke after President Obama finished, as televisions in Iran broadcast President Obama's statement live translated into Farsi, quote, negotiators have reached a good agreement and announced to our people that our prayers have come true, Rouhani said. And the idea behind the deal essentially is this. In exchange for limits on nuclear activities, Iran would get relief from sanctions while being allowed to continue its atomic program for peaceful purposes. Rouhani still maintains they were not building a bomb. If they were, they were closer to building a bomb than ever, if in fact they were building one and had the ability closer months away, now that's more than a year away with this deal. This deal will watch them for 10 years, and some are uncomfortable with what happens after that. And of course, there's that lack of trust. Trust of what the Iranian people will do, trust of the verification process being able to find anything that couldn't uh, perhaps be hidden. But remember, 98% of their nuclear enrichment facilities will be destroyed. That you can't hide. Oh, yes, I know you might say, well, 98% of this percentage is one thing, Leslie. What if they have a larger percentage? And for those of you that think we rolled over, the very first meeting John Kerry had, they said we won't destroy more than 2%. And he wanted 98 because he wanted to leave them something for energy. And that was 2%. John Kerry never budged from the number he wanted. And Iran came all the way up to the plate. What does that tell you? They need relief from sanctions. And they probably weren't building as much as we think or anywhere near close as much as we think because they were willing to give so much up. Now, there's a lot going on and a lot of fear that's being talked about by the right. Fear that, well, saying that Iran will not recognize Israel. I mean, honestly, who the hell cares? Israel is a state. It is not a country, by the way. It's a state. It is on the map. It exists. Really, who really cares if it's recognized or not by Iran, by anybody else? 
If you don't recognize me, it's one thing. But if you want to kill me and do me harm, which is the concern of Israelis and many in the United States, Jewish and otherwise. But let's look at that reality. Iran doesn't have a nuclear weapon, and they won't have one for over a year. And how the hell are you going to have one when 98% of uranium enrichment programs are, are, are being snuffed out and we're going to be monitoring you along with the rest of the world for the next 10 years? Doesn't look very likely. One, two. Israel would in minutes wipe off the face of the earth, the country and the people of Iran. If Iran attacks Israel, Iran should stick a gun in their mouth and pull the trigger because that's what it's tantamount to. And Iran can't reach us. We're too far. The missile capability for anything they would have built with, built with what they have and they won't have any more would not have reached us. Long-range missiles are not only go so far. And yes, it would have reached Israel, but once again, <laughs> what Israel has to fight back with, there would be no more Iran. No more Iran. It would be a hole in the earth, and people would visit it for many years, and they would talk about the Holocaust, if you will, that took place on the Iranian people in, retali- in retaliation for their attack on the great state of Israel. And that's how it is. Now, there was a discussion this morning by President Obama with Vice, uh, with the Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and our country wants this so bad and wants this to go forward so much, and not just us, but the world, that our Defense Secretary, Carter, Ash Carter, is going to Israel next week to meet with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to assure him that the security and safety of Israel were taken into consideration with this deal. Now, one thing that bothered me that wasn't attached to this deal was the release and freedom for the four American hostages still being held by the Iranians. Three we know for sure, one we are not 100% sure. And a lot of people feel that should have been a part of the deal. So what is in the deal? The deal reduces the number of centrifuges Iran has by two-thirds. It places bans on enrichment at key facilities. It limits the amount of uranium research and the development to the Natanz facility. The deal caps uranium enrichment at 3.67%. It limits their stockpile to 300 kilograms. That, by the way, is for 15 years. Iran will be required to ship spent fuel out of the country forever, as well as allow inspectors from the IAEA, inspectors certain access in, 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 in every area. There will be heightened inspections. There will be uranium tracking, uranium mining tracking, monitoring of uranium mining, monitoring of uranium production, and monitoring of all storage of centrifuges. By the way, that lasts up to 20 years. Okay? So for people who say, we're screwed after a decade, really? Really. The tracking of the uranium mining, production, storage of centrifuges, and the monitoring of this will last up to 20 years, and the cap on the enrichment, the enrichment that, of uranium that they are allowed to enrich in Uram is for 15 years. Now, the United States estimates that the new measures take Iran from being able to assemble its first bomb within 60 to 90 days to at least, if not more, a year from now. Now, some people say that still doesn't make me comfortable because they could come up with a bomb in a year. But there are some of you that say, you know what, Leslie, we and the rest of the world have no damn right to stop Iran from making a bomb. They're a sovereign nation. 
We have bombs. Israel is bombs. Some people think it's almost laughable, almost comical, that the United States wants to have a nuclear-free world, but we can have them, India can have them, Israel can have them. If we like you, you can have them. And if you're us, you can have them. Now, the deal between Iran and the world powers brokered during lengthy negotiations in that hotel in Vienna. Now, this is not the end of the story. There is fierce opposition by Republicans in the U.S. Congress, as well as, as I mentioned, Benjamin Netanyahu, Israeli Prime Minister. And he said today, quote, from the initial reports, we can already conclude that this agreement is a historic mistake for the world. We have a lot to talk about, and uh, we have a lot to say, and I know you do as well. So let's hear what some other people have said earlier today. Um, Let's uh, start with uh, Hillary Clinton and her reaction to this deal. Keep in mind my understanding is she has not yet read it entirely. Having been part of building the coalition uh, that brought us to the point of uh, this agreement, uh, I think we will have to immediately, uh, upon completion of this agreement and its rigorous enforcement, Uh, look to see how we build a coalition to try to uh, prevent and uh, undermine Iran's uh, bad behaviors uh, in other arenas. Um, I will be talking uh, as soon as I leave you with other secretaries of state and other national security advisors uh, to get more details. Uh, But as I say, I think this is an important step that puts... uh, the lid on Iran's nuclear uh, programs, and it will enable us then to turn our attention, as it must, uh, to doing what we can with other uh, partners in the region and beyond uh, to try to uh, prevent and contain uh, Iran's uh, other bad uh, actions. Uh, So all in all, uh, I think we have to look at this seriously. Uh, evaluate it carefully, uh, but I believe, based on what I know now, uh, this is an important step. Um, and guys, we're going to save the other audio for later in the show, correct? Due to time, am I correct on that? Okay, so let me get your reaction to this, because that's what I care about you, our listening family here at the Leslie Marshall Show. You heard a deal had been reached. What is your reaction to that deal? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions here, okay? Um, What is your reaction to the deal? Are you for this deal? Are you against it? Are you even confused by it, as many are? Some people say, well, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Do you think a majority of Congress at the end of the day will vote for this deal? And if not, are they going to have the two-thirds majority they need to overcome that presidential veto? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Does the Iran deal prove that diplomacy is better than the alternatives of war or invading yet another sovereign nation? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, I'm sure my producer Marky Mark wrote this angle. It's long, but here it is. Let's talk about what happened since we walked away from the negotiating table with Iran in 05 and put the current sanctions in place. That time in 2005, Iran had 164 centrifuges. Once the sanctions were put into place, they built 19,000. So I think we can agree sanctions don't work. And they began enriching their uranium at 20%, 3.67% needed for a nuclear power plant, about 90% needed for weapons grade. 
So if we compare that to the new deal reached under the deal, Iran will reduce its number of operating centrifuges by more than two-thirds. That means from 19,000 to 6,000 and reducing its stockpile of low-enriched uranium from 10,000 kilograms to 300 kilograms. And also, for 15 years, they're not enriching uranium over 3.67%. That's the amount needed for a nuclear power plant. Weapons-grade uranium has to be enriched to about 90%, okay? So they can't even have a nuclear power plant, never mind a weapon. So Republicans, can you, can and, and those of you who are against this deal, can you tell me how leaving the current sanctions in place instead of this deal was better? Because we have people like Tom Cotton say, we were better before this deal. It was better before this deal. We all know two plus two is four, and four minus two is two. If you're cutting something in more than half, two by two-thirds, and, and you're putting a kibosh on something for a 15-year, a 20-year period, how is that not an improvement from what we had? 8886 888 is the number. And Republicans say the deal is going to lead to a nuclear Iran, start an arms race in the Middle East. President Obama, Defense Secretary Kerry, say this move will move Iran actually away from a nuclear bomb and make that verifiable through the U.N. weapons inspectors. Who do you believe is correct? Do you think the deal is going to lead to a nuclear Iran starting an arms race in the Middle East? Or will they move away from this now that they'll have money and jobs? We struck a deal with Iran. Some people are very uncomfortable about it. I get you. I don't trust that country 100%. And uh, we know sometimes we're told things about nuclear weapons that aren't true. Hello, Iraq. So what is your take on this? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. But isn't what we have better than what we had? Uh, let's uh, let's see. We're starting with first up, we go to Mark in Dayton, Ohio, on line five. Mark, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Now you you don't like this deal. You think it's it's insane, right? Absolutely not. Um, I'm going to address a couple of your points. Um, American business didn't want to interfere in the Nazis taking over Europe because we were doing business with Germany and they thought a united Europe would help the economy over here. So the business issue, moot. Second thing you said, well, the missiles can't get to us. Iran, when this deal started, sent a submarine into the Atlantic outside of New York to show they can get a sub over to us. Then they test shot missiles from submarines. They have that capability. Lastly, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. There's a different. No, no. If you're wait, wait, wait. You're not correct. If you're talking about a nuclear weapon, a weapon, a nuclear weapon, then you are wrong. They didn't have a nuclear weapon. They were 60 or 90 days away from having one. They did not have a nuclear weapon. There's a difference between. There's a missile. There are short and long-range missiles, and then there are nuclear weapons, nuclear missiles. They're very different, and, and how they are launched and how far they reach are very different. I wasn't saying they had nuclear. I said they've got the capability of launching missiles from subs. It's not that far to step to arm one. If we, if we remove the sanctions, then North Korea can trade with Iran and get them the stuff they need. But if you keep the sanctions in place... What have we done? We didn't prevent them from enriching uranium. We didn't prevent them 
from having nuclear power plants and from trying to build, because they were 60 to 90 days away from having a bomb, how did we, with the sanctions, do anything? Just like with Cuba, we have seen that having sa- just throwing sanctions, just putting the kibosh on people and throwing sanctions. Can I tell you something? There's a reason they call it a powder keg, because of pressure. When you have the majority of this population young, educated, and without jobs, which is what it is, they're pissed off if they're hungry. If you have to pay 17, 20 bucks for a loaf of bread, you might as well pick up a gun and join ISIS or start your own revolution. Haven't we stopped that? Mark, hold on. We'll be back right after this with Mark and the rest of you holding. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll also hear uh, from uh, the president and from Lindsey Graham. All coming up in the next 30 minutes. We'll see how we do that. Watch us. We'll be right back. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of Four and by you, the people. Uh, wanted to tell you uh, that, uh, wanted to tell you about something that I'm really into right now. And, you know, I, I don't know if I shared this with you before. Maybe it's TMI, but uh, I get reflux and especially I'm under stress, which is almost every bloody day of my life or when I eat too much or eat rich foods, which happens in the summer on holidays and when you have a lot of barbecues on the weekends like we do now. Well, if you do eat too much or you eat the wrong foods, even if you sleep in the wrong position, that can give you an upset stomach, even if you don't have reflux. Experts say that nearly all of us eventually develop some sort of digestive problems, and that's because as we grow older, you don't have to be an old broad or an old guy, just as you age, your stomach produces less of the enzymes that are needed to break that food down that you're taking in. So what I do when I have that queasy, uneasy, refluxy feeling, I take a Gutsy Chewy tablet. Gutsy Chewy is an oral and digestive supplement, but what I love most is it's all natural. Uh, even more so, it works. Gutsy Chewies were invented by my buddy, Dr. Doug Hagiki. He is a gastroenterologist and a dentist, and he blended natural heartburn remedies like papaya, licorice root, and apple cider vinegar. Then he added calcium, magnesium, and xylitol for oral health, too. So when you put those things together... What does it do? It boosts the body's natural defense against heartburn and reflux. Gutsy Chewies are gluten-free, lactose-free. They come in citrus flavors as well as wildberry. So if you get that queasy, uneasy, refluxy feeling, please take a Gutsy Chewy tablet. You'll feel better. I feel better. And I'll feel better knowing that you're taking something that's better for your health. Learn more about Gutsy products at GutsyProducts.com, or you can give them a buzz, 855-GO-GUTSY. That's 855-484-8879, and the call is free. That's GutsyProducts.com. Check it out. Let's get back to the calls. We're talking about the deal with Iran, and we were talking with Mark in Dayton, who says the deal is insane. So, Mark, we were better off before when they had more uranium to enrich, when they had more of a stockpile, when they were closer to having a nuclear weapon that they could have used? Okay. My last point, Leslie, is the deal was working. The, the people felt confident to demonstrate against that tyrannical regime, and that's what the sanctions gave them. Unfortunately, Obama turned his back on them, and several of them were massacred because of it. That's what the sanctions were accomplishing. The people do not like this regime. Those young people want freedom. Actually, I disagree oh. with you. They were burning American flags and having um, having stuffed dummies of Bush in the past, Obama in the present, uh, stabbing yeah, them, yeah, I... burning them, uh, hating America, and thinking of us as Satan, by the way. As we demonized them, they were demonizing us. So I don't agree with you. Some of them hated their government, but that's not because of the sanctions. Some of them hated their government because the younger people, people have access to the internet and the younger people are, are more moderate which which their leader Rouhani is 
And he's right now for re-election, he's looking pretty good in the polls. Um, he does have some strong opposition, one in particular. Um, but it's the religious right that they were opposed to. And, that, and that's part of the problem. You have sort of like the older Iranians who want the religious hand over that country and the younger who say, no, you're holding us back. And all angry about the cost of a loaf of bread. But remember, the way it's been, the propaganda that's been given by the politicians, um, especially the religious order in Iran, blames the United States and the san- and, and, for placing those sanctions. Blames the United States for their anger, for their hunger and lack of opportunity, not their own elected officials, not their own powers. Very good. All right, Mark. Always, talking to you. Thanks. always good talking to you, even agreeing, disagreeing with you, buddy. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Ed in Pennsylvania, line one. Um, Ed, uh, you uh, you think this deal is similar to the one that uh, was struck with North Korea years back? Why? Yeah, that's exactly right. It ain't going to work then, and it won't work now. And why uh, do you think? And why do you think that? And well, for people because, and people that don't remember, you know, just mentioned, not everybody's familiar with the deal that had been struck years back in North Korea. Well, it's basically the same type of deal, you know, um, but they're not going to live up to their deal. They haven't lived up to anything that they've ever agreed to, so I don't see why they should start now. Um, The difference in North Korea and other places is uh, that has nuclear bombs. Um, You mentioned Israel, Russia, China, all those. They're, They're afraid of mutual assured destruction, mad. But the Iranians don't share that belief because they, you know, they believe that uh, if they die a martyr like that, uh, that they're going up there and get their 70. Yeah, I mean, again, you're generalizing that, you know, most of the Iranian youth and you have to remember ISIS is not comprised of Iranians. So, no. you, you, you know, this is not the mindset of everybody who's a Muslim or everybody who's Iranian. And I think we're ignorant to even suggest that um, actually the, the people, the young people of Iran want what the young people of America want, which is jobs that they can use their college degree to make money with. Well, I wouldn't disagree with that. Unfortunately, the Ayatollahs, as I call them, the Ayatollahs cockamanies, don't believe that way. They well, I'm want... surprised they actually went for this deal, but they did. Yeah, well, they, uh, they're, what they're doing is delaying. That's what they've been doing all along, is delaying, delaying, so that they can have their bomb. And once they get that bomb, I assure you they're going to put it on a, a, a missile and send it to probably Israel first and then us. And it's coming. You know, it's again, why would okay? if you have a gun with three bullets out of the six chambers, Mm -hmm. okay, and I have a tank, nuclear missiles, atomic bombs, uh, you know, machine guns, Uzis and an army. Mm -hmm. Are you going to shoot at me? Sure. If you're an Iranian. But this is why would you say that you're first of all, do you really think? I mean, at the end of the day, do you really, really think that Rouhani, an elected official, I mean, come on, to run for office in any country, your ego has to be bigger than mine, for crying out loud. There's no way this man wants him and his wife and children to die, period. He wants to get reelected and become famous and go down, and his legacy being that he was the one that changed the reputation and relationship of Iran with the Western world. That's what he wants. Well, you may think that, but I do not share that belief. I believe that he So you believe that every cool. Iranian man, woman, and child wants all their kids to be blown to smithereens Absolutely by Israel's not. nuclear weapons? I think their leaders do. 
I and disagree. they believe that the twelfth imam is going to show up in the great Armageddon. So you believe all all, really? You believe all of these people believe that? No, I didn't say that. I said you believe all of their leaders believe this. Yes, I do. Really? So do you think all of our leaders have one mind too? I think our leaders in Washington is uh, some of the most. Uh, bad criminals that's ever been loosed in Washington. That's my opinion. Okay, but do they all share one brain, or do you have some individuals there? Well, I think you got two individuals, and that would be Obama and uh, Valerie Jarrett that runs the show. And it doesn't matter what others think. Okay, but let me let me just point this out. Mm-hmm. On September 11th, there was a guy named Osama bin Laden mm-hmm. who ordered what 19 people did, but you didn't see him get on a plane. No. And back, in, and back prior to and during World War II, mm-hmm. there was a man named Adolf Hitler mm-hmm. who ordered murders. Oh, yeah. Millions never killed one person of his own hands. Except and Charles it. Manson yeah. in this country. I mean, I can. the list goes on. When you say the leaders want to die, hell no. They well, send probably, people. They send probably, people below them. They send people below them into hell to die for them. Yeah, they probably have a bunker for them to hide in. Snakes well, every country leaders. does for their leader. Why right. wouldn't they? We do. All right, Ed, it's been good chatting with you. Uh, you know, um, I, I appreciate what you've said. I don't agree with you at all. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, go next to Jeff in Ferguson, Missouri, line two. Hey, Jeff, thanks for calling us back. I know your line got cut yesterday. Welcome back. Uh, no problem. Um, yeah, uh, want to talk about the Iran deal? Yep. Uh, I just. Th- they lied to. They lied in the. Pa- I just. They lied in the past, and I just can't help thinking back to the North Korea deal because that worked out so well for us. And and, and do you feel you feel the deal with North Korea is identical? I don't think it's identical, but I see the same pattern. We're basically paying a country not to develop nuclear weapons, and they did it anyway. Well, you have different uh, governments then and now in both this and that country, different, entirely different countries. Yeah, and different and different we, and different uh, weapon capability today yeah, than we did. We got two different countries. One, North Korea is basically a secular dictatorship, and Iran is a religious fanatical dictatorship. And then why does everyone, not you, but I mean everyone thinks that to take the missile to get a over here or to Israel, all they need is develop a nuclear device and get, give it to. Or some group that they sponsor for them to do it. Okay, well, I see some of the, the similarities. I mean, both countries share some attributes, a pattern of violating international norms regarding nonproliferation, terrorism, uh, human rights agreements do have some similarities. The agreed framework, the prospective arrangement with Iran will reward bad behavior to a degree. And also there's animosity between the executive and legislative branches that greatly complicates the prospect uh, that the U.S., some people would say, will be able to live up to its side of an agreement uh, with the and, Iran. And if I can't. And if I can, everyone's talking about if when Iran cheats, and let's face it, they will cheat. Russia and China, they're not going to vote to reinstate sanctions. Yeah, no but, you gotta, what. But, but just as we mentioned similarities, you have to look at the, the difference uh, between these uh, two nations, their societies, and how they differ is very important, um, as does the differences in the agreed framework and the proposed, uh, you know, in de- the deal that's just been cut with uh, Iran. Um, you know, the difference is, if you break it down with the two agreements, there are much stronger incentives, actually, for Iran than were with North Korea to fulfill a nuclear deal than had, ex- had existed for North Korea. 
Uh, let me give you an example. The final agreement with Iran is vastly more comprehensive in terms of the verification provisions. Um, wait, wait, wait. Negotiated and backed by the five permanent members of the UN Security Council plus Germany, the P5 plus one, codified in a Security Council resolution, the Iran deal, um, now that it's been completed, has much stronger elements to deter cheating, also more meaningful incentives to motivate compliance than the agreed framework did and then the deal that was cut uh, with uh, North Korea. Um, so, I mean, they, they have analysis after analysis. The nuclear text and context are different. The monitoring and verification are different. The deterrent factors are different. The incentives to cooperate are different. The regime characteristics are different. And the, yeah, the challenges to implementation are even different than they were with North Korea. And uh, also, why, why do we, whatever, whatever happened to the inspections any time, any place, they took that out. That's not there anymore. Um, no, that's not correct. I mean, it may not be any uh, – no, there are unannounced visits. that I can take that as maybe they didn't like the wording, but there are unannounced visits in the final deal, yes. There are actual well, visits at certain time uh, periods, and then there are unannounced visits. Yeah, and there's no teeth, right? So there just needs to be more – I just think a lot of it relies on blind trust. Man, I don't think that should be Well, it. no, the president says it's based on verification. You really think that he is going to cut a deal based on trust? I, I mean, he may not be up for re, you know, re-election, but he's got to live in this country, watch what happens to his legacy and his party. And in addition to that, he has two daughters yeah. living here that he wouldn't want blown to legacy. smithereens as well. That's the key word, legacy. He made the deal for his legacy. Yeah, but if you make a deal for your legacy that results in being you know, based on trust with a nation and people uh, running a nation that you don't trust – that's just stupid, and this is not a stupid man, and I don't – if you're saying all – you know, this is not him alone. You know, another thing, we the people of the United States are sometimes idiots when it comes to the rest of the world. This is six nations that, d- d- that agreed with this. Six, uh, na- six nations. This is, this, and, and, these are not, and these are not nations we've never heard of. So, yeah, so I, mean, for, for, I mean, you know, you want to doubt our leader? You're doubting six of the – the six superpower leaders of the world all agreed uh, with this deal. It can't be on his trust level that five other nations would follow suit. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's take uh, one more before the break and go to Andrew in New Mexico, line three. Andrew, good afternoon. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I was um, just wanting to comment. I am I'm for the deal because the alternatives, I mean, they were working to a point, but and I think what's happening is a lot of people, especially the Republicans, are upset because what if it works? What if all of a sudden it works? You got Iran, who's who's what one of the major fighters of ISIS. So you have a couple of things going on there. The young people, like you mentioned, Leslie, and in, in well, wait, Iran. Wait, Andrew, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but one thing you just said is actually a much bigger deal than what you may even think it is. What if it works? And that if is diplomacy. And and if right. if diplomacy works. And bombing nations and invading sovereign nations doesn't. What do the who do the Republican people get to write checks for them? You know what I mean. And 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 and, and speaking of, um, we're we're you know I think many Republicans will turn around when they get some phone calls from people that say, hey, we're going to make money off this deal. Right, your large corporations, yeah, they want to move in there. The, they want iPhones and Xboxes in Iran. You got a lot of younger people who are changing that nation as democracy starts to seep into there because they're starting to uh, get some of the capital capital 
uh, taste of the capitalism into where they start wanting to have these things, the bigger screen TVs, and that's kind of the things that America, it starts to change not only the people, that, that's what changes their government. But if it starts to work, you then you credit, you credit the president, and that's one of the things that Republicans really don't like him to have is any, any credit or any kind of legacy. Since, they, since he's been in office, they wanted to get him out of office uh, and, and swore that they would do that and couldn't do it. He, even though he's had a Congress that's been totally against him with, with the majority. So one of the things is, is what, what happens if it does work? There's a whole lot of, of uh, factors that play into that, but I think that is one of the biggest things. And, and they are one of the uh, bigger fighters of ISIS right now in that, in that part of the country. You're going to have a lot of rub from a lot of people that, you know, uh, don't. we haven't even read the whole We've gotten little excerpts of the agreement, and, you know, we haven't even uh, gotten an opportunity to drive it for a while. Yes, there's always mistrust on both sides, and that can, that can happen. But I, I think, you know, for the agreement, it's better than some of the alternatives that have been happening for right now. And diplomacy is, you know, you should always go for diplomacy before carpet bombing. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's almost like some Americans don't want to – I understand the lack of trust – but it, it's like there are Americans who don't want to change or improve the relationship with people we perceive to be our enemies. You know, we've, we've had relationships with people who are enemies in the past. We've had people who are enemies, friends, then enemies again. Hello, Saddam Hussein. Uh, thank you for the call, Andrew. Drive carefully. we take a break. We'll be back if you're holding. Hang tight. Coming to your calls right after this. Uh, let's go to Mike in Akron, Ohio, next on Line 4. Hey, Mike, thanks for holding. Good afternoon and welcome. Uh, what's your take on this? Uh, well, I'm a Jew and a Desert Shield Desert Storm veteran, and I think this is phenomenal. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. All you had to do was say, I'm a Jew, I'm a, I'm a Desert Storm veteran, um, I'm a Republican, I hate Obama, and I think that... <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, the, the one thing I learned in the military, and kind of uh, to quote Randy Rhodes, is we are only as strong as the weak of us. So it's important for us to take care of each other. But, uh, no, I think um, with getting this set up with Iran, just like we set it up with, um, or in a similar fashion, uh, setting it up with North Korea is going to work. What didn't work with North Korea was when uh, George D. got into office, he didn't want to talk to his enemies. Uh, well, I, I still can't get beyond the fact you're Jewish and we're in the military. I'm sorry. I'm half Jewish. You know I can say that. Um, so, so, okay. Uh, uh, let, let's talk again. As a Jewish American, in all seriousness, you hear the anger, venomous anger, uh, from uh, Netanyahu. Is it this deal or does it go further because it's Obama at the helm of this deal? I think it's because Obama's at the helm. It just Hate is hate is hate. So, you know, I, if they can find anything to hate. What scares me is that Obama went along with the PPA when the Republicans thought that was awesome. So, and Obama said, oh, yeah, you know, this is, this is, our, this is our TPA and our TPP. And the Republicans are like, oh, yeah, Obama trade. And that they're all into. So that terrifies me. 
Why do you think this is magnificent? Do you agree this is a, a, a better deal? And what about the reservations you've heard from earlier callers and you've heard all day? Give me a sentence. I'm sorry we're out of time. You know. We lost his. Um, I think um, as long as we continue to talk to our enemies, you know, keep your enemy, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. As long as we have a method, to, this way we have a method to talk to them. We have channels to talk to them, and as things arise, we can deal with them. Without that, then, you know, I. Ah, we, we keep losing them. We keep losing them. All right. Well, I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back tomorrow. Hump day. Hope you will as well. Thank you to Mark, Andrew, and Steve. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.